1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 tonight. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 is where we'll start. I'm going to use my pulpit lift here to get my eyes a little closer to the notes so I can read them. I'm going to talk to you about a, a t-shirt slogan I saw at least three times now in the last couple of years. But uh, the t-shirt, big bold letters on the front said, pray hard. You know, it's kind of like that WWJD bracelet they had. Anyway, the t-shirt, pray hard. And I, I saw it several times and I thought, what does that mean, pray hard? How do you how do you pray hard? I mean, that's, I thought all prayer was, you know, kind of just affectionate and easy and simple. But and the more I thought about it, the more I thought, you know, I, this would be a good little challenge for me to develop. So this is, this is, this is me. This is a message that I put together myself a while back, but I, uh, uh, I found it helpful. And because I found it helpful myself, I hope it's helpful for you. First uh, Corinthians 15 verses 30 to 34 will get us started here on uh, the theme here is to pray with some humility. Uh, why stand we in jeopardy every hour? I protest by your rejoicing, which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord. I die daily, Paul writing here to the church at Corinth. If after the manner of men I have fought with beasts at Ephesus, what advantage it me if the dead rise not? Let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. Be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. You know, I always looked at that verse as being you and I communicating in an evil fashion with one another, but it can also be connected to our prayer lives. And uh, sometimes we, we pray in a fashion that, that, that the Lord says, what are you doing? That displeases me. I want you to pray in a way that pleases me. Wake to righteousness and sin not, for some have not the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. Let's pray. Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for the truth of your word. And tonight as we have our prayer meeting Bible time, we pray that you would help us to learn how to pray in a fashion that pleases you, to pray in a way that's uh, perhaps uh, more affectionate and more in touch with you, and not just a uh, simple repetitious prayer as the Pharisees were guilty of, but the kind of praying that uh, brings honor to your name, brings glory to your name, and uh, helps others see, help others around us see that we are serious about our prayer life. And so, Lord, I just pray your Holy Spirit will help us tonight to say things that are helpful and useful and leave out those things that are unnecessary. And give us a good evening together around your word. We'll thank you in your name. Amen. <coughs> a quote there to begin with after you put your name and date on there. The world has yet to see what God will do with a man fully consecrated to him. Businessman Henry Varley to Evangelist Dwight L. Smoody. Dwight L. Moody, a man fully cons consecrated. People ask me a lot of times, is it better to read the word first or pray first? And I tell them, pray first. Because you don't pray first, and then, you know, the Lord may, you may walk through scriptures and not get a thing from it. Pray a lot. Pray over everything. Pray without ceasing, the Bible tells us. And I think that's the key to a consecrated life. I think it's a life of praying hard. Uh, the question there, the illustration, what is your favorite bumper sticker or t-shirt saying? And of course, you've read a lot of them over the years. Some people, some people are not impressed with them. I had a bumper sticker on my car when I went to Bible college, and it said I'd rather be soul winning. And believe it or not, the professor thought that was crazy. He said, you should take that off your bumper. I said, why? I said, there's people that like that idea of being soul winner. In fact, as I drove my truck through Denver, they would honk at me and wave, and most of them wave without, you know, it was a friendly wave, because sometimes you get a different kind of a wave. <laughs> Not a friendly wave. But I got some friendly waves, and that, that told me that there were people passing me that understood what soul winning is all about. And I like to read 
what people have on their hat and what people have on their shirt and what people have on their jacket. It's just a thing with me. And I always figured a long time ago, if somebody can wear Marlboro cigarettes on their hat, then I ought to be able to put I Love Jesus up there, okay? If somebody can put a brand of whiskey on their shirt, then I ought to be able to put Pray Hard on my shirt. Uh, I Love Jesus on my shirt. I, I don't want to be pragmatic and think it's a game we play, but I do think a lot of times we, uh, we can engage people in conversation if we, if we give a little spark, a little, a little tip, if you would, to let them know a little bit about us. One day I was wearing a hat and, and the hat simply said, got Jesus. Remember from the got milk days where people were asking you if you had milk? Well, I had got Jesus and I had forgot that I put the hat on because I have several hats. If you don't believe me, just ask my wife. She's always telling me I have too many hats. So I got this God Jesus hat. I'm at Walmart. It might have been in Brookings. I'm not sure, but it was a Walmart store. And I was checking out with my couple items. And the clerk says, I do too. And she caught me off guard because I forgot that I had the hat on. And I said, you, you do you do what? She said, well, your hat. And I said, well, what about my hat? She said, well, it says God Jesus. She said, I do too. I got Jesus. And so just by something simple like that, we engaged in a Christian conversation for a brief few moments. And uh, it was good. I mean, it made me feel good when I left the store that this clerk, who I've never met, never known, says that she has Jesus. So she was really preaching to me. And so uh, I find them helpful. But today I want to talk about this slogan, pray hard. Several situations that caused prayer to develop in my own personal life. You've got your stories and I have mine. And right now I'm preaching and you're listening. So uh, the death of one of my friends who was shot and killed by her husband, that got me praying hard, okay? It really did. I mean, I had only been saved a few years, and I said to myself, these Baptists are nuts shooting each other. And uh, But I, I, I learned to pray hard during that crisis. And then, of course, the medical things we've had to deal with in our family, and you've had yours. And when your loved one is sick and you don't know whether they're going to make it or not make it, you, you learn to pray hard. And uh, splits in churches, I you know, this is like my... I suppose I'm close to, you and I are close to maybe 10 churches in our life then, our, our safe life since about 30. There's Bemidji and there's Lakes and you know, over here in Elkton and then over here in Brookings. But uh, through all that, it you know, it hasn't been all fun and games. There's been some sparks that have flown. There's been some deacons that have flown off the handle. Uh, there's been twice when the police squad car was sitting out in the parking lot because we weren't sure how the meeting, the meeting was going to go, that type of thing. The devil really sometimes gets into some of these debates, some of this Christian behavior, and he does what he can to cause the church's testimony to be to be hurt. But there are times when, as a church, we'll have to pray hard. I think America learned to pray hard after 9-11. Uh, too bad it didn't last longer than it did, but I think for the first few days after 9-11, a lot of Americans that have never prayed before were praying. Probably a lot of them are even lost in praying. There are times and situations that cause us to develop our personal prayer life Tonight, there's three no's there. I had to alliterate something for you so you could know that that's my nature. No exposition. This is just a word study. <coughs> a little acrostic is all it is. No extrapolation. You say, what does that mean? I have no idea. Extrapolating means to kind of dig out something real deep and real heavy. You're not going to get that. No exposition. No extrapolation. Good luck at spelling that word because I am no expert. I haven't, I haven't learned. I'm still learning. Pray with affection so I can be effective. I'm still learning that. And uh, it's one of those things that I'll probably learn till I die. So today what I've done for the message is having a habit to pray hard is I've, I've got a simple acrostic for us. 
Roman numeral one is the letter H, Roman numeral two, the letter A, Roman numeral three is R, and Roman numeral four is D. Now, you say, well, what does a preacher do when he prepares an acrostic and he, he doesn't borrow a message from a book or something? Well, he goes to his dictionary and he looks up words. So for the letter H, I looked up some words and I found the word hungry, happy, helpful, honorable, heavenly, holy, holy. Found a bunch of words. But the word that I chose for you and I to pray hard is the word humbly. We've got to pray humbly. That's why I chose that text in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 30 to 34. Because we want to pray with a humble spirit. We don't want to be deceived by the devil. We don't want to have evil communications and corrupt our good Christian manners. We want to be awake to righteousness and sin not by improper praying. We have a knowledge of God, and we want to be able to pray right. We want to pray hard in the right fashion. 1 Corinthians 15, 30-34. So we want to pray with humility, and I think Pastor was even sharing a little tidbit on Sunday about humble praying. The book I wrote about how to be humble, and who do you sell copies to? I mean, how do you write a book on yourself? About, how, do you, how do you write a book to be humble? The Bible says humble yourselves. Most of us would rather humble somebody else. The Bible tells us to humble ourselves. And I think it's very important that we, uh, we learn to do that because if we're not praying humbly, then I think we're praying wrong. That's why a lot of people bend the knee. That's why a lot of people aren't afraid to shed a tear. That's why a lot of people are very serious with their prayer life. They learn to pray in a humble fashion. Our most written about American president was uh, Abraham Lincoln. There isn't much out there, at least I haven't found much about Abraham Lincoln's prayer life, but he does credit his mother uh, teaching them how to have a humble heart, how to have a humble spirit before the Lord. I have yet to meet a humble politician. <laughs> There's a couple out there, but I wish we had politicians with, that were more humble. And I wish we had church people that were more humble when they prayed showed reverence to the Lord. So the first letter, H, to me, the word that I would choose is the word humble. We need to pray humble. Now for A, again, you can look at different words. There's awake and there's abide and there's abundant and there's access and acknowledge and affliction and alive and there's all kinds of words you could pick. But I picked the word that we started with tonight and that was in our little Bible prayer prompter. That's the word affectionately. So we pray humbly and then we pray affectionately. Now I gave you First Chronicles for the references there. Uh, after letter H, put First Corinthians 15, 30 to 34. That's where we started. Now for number two here, put the reference First Chronicles 29, 3. David said, moreover, because I have set my affection to the house of my God. And then I want you to also put down Colossians 3 and verse 2. Colossians 3 and verse 2. <coughs> Colossians 3, if ye then, verse 1 says, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, that's what we do when we pray, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. And then it says in verse 2, Set your affection, set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. We, we need to pray heavenly more often and earthly a little less. I'm the first one to, I, I am guilty of praying overboard for my needs. You know, I need money for this project or I need health for my body. Or, a lot of the things I pray for are really earthly. And I'm learning as I get older, I need to elevate my head and heart a little bit and start praying more that God's will be done 
in my life and a little less for just the little petty needs. You do that when you have affection because affection means love and it means compassion. And when we pray, we need to pray with a humble spirit so we can please God. And we need to pray with a loving spirit, a spirit of affection. I mean, we say we love God. Do we really love God? Uh, Rich, I think, sang the song, The Love of God. Did you do that a couple weeks ago? It's been a favorite of mine for years. First time I heard it, I fell in love with the song. It talks about the love of God. And you know, if he affectionately and deeply and passionately loves us, the least we could do in our prayer life is return some of that affection. And so I chose the word affectionately for the second one. The reference is there, 1 Chronicles 29.3 and Colossians 3.2. Let's go to the third one here, R. <coughs> well, <coughs> again, if you go to the dictionary, you find words like revival, words like respect, relax, rejoice, rebound, rest, and renew. I chose the word realistically, realistically. That's a key word to me. I like praying practically for practical things. I like praying truthfully because I think that's realistic praying. And I like to pray faithfully. I believe that's realistic praying. Uh, let me give you two references, John 14, 6, which many of you already know. You don't need to turn there, but if you'd like to, you certainly can. John 14, verse 6. <coughs> Jesus, speaking to Thomas, says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. There's a, there's a lot of people that pray to Saint different saints. Saint Jude, and they pray to Saint Mary, and they Saint. I heard I drove by a church one time, Saint John the Baptist Catholic Church. People pray to saints, and you know I, I you know I appreciate the saints of the Old Testament, and the New Testament. I don't pray to Paul, and I don't pray to James. I don't pray to Peter. I love those men, and I appreciate their testimony. But I pray to Jesus. Because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. It's very important for you and I to have the habit of praying things in Jesus' name. Because uh, without his name, we're in, we're in trouble. John 14, 6. And that's, and that's realistic praying. Pray rightly, not wrongly. As for a second reference here, turn to 2 Timothy. This is what I want you to see. 2 Timothy chapter 2. <coughs> 2 Timothy chapter 2. I want to give you four verses here, okay? This is our second reference for Roman numeral three. Humbly was Roman numeral one, affectionately Roman numeral two, and realistically Roman numeral three. Pray hard. Second Timothy chapter two. Notice the repeat of faithful praying. Realistically praying, faithfully, truthfully, practically. Thou therefore, my son, this is chapter two of Second Timothy verse one. Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful, faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Realistic praying is getting together with faithful men and praying with them. Faithfulness is such a vital ingredient in the New Testament. And we're still learning that. We're still developing that. Look at verse 11. It is a faithful saying, for if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. Faithful praying. Look at verse 13. So far I've got verses 2, 11, and 13 of 2 Timothy 2. If we believe not, yet he abideth faithful. He cannot deny himself. You know, sometimes when I pray, I say, Lord, I don't know how you're going to handle this, but in faith, I'm going to pray about it. You know the best way to handle this situation. Let's say it's a relational issue. I'm having trouble with one of my adult children. If I would continue to pray faithfully and say, Lord, in faith, I really believe it is honoring to you and your word if this happens. 
But in faith, you take care of it. I have done what I can. I have said what I think is important, but I want you to take care of it. I want, I want you to be faithful, even though I don't believe it's going to happen. Let me trust in your faithfulness. If we believe not, yet he abideth faithful. He cannot deny himself. So let's not be denying him by having faithless praying. There's great faith. There's little faith. We don't want to be guilty of having no faith when we pray. Realistically, we need to pray faithfully. And then look at verse number uh, 22. <coughs> Flee also youthful lust. Is Paul writing to Timothy? He says, get away from that young stuff. Follow after, but follow righteousness. And then he says faith. Follow faith. That's a realistic point. We pray in faith. Last night as we were witnessing to, to, to uh, little Sophia, we, we prayed in faith. We don't, we don't know what's going on in her little seven-year-old mind, but God does. And we pray in faith. And you say, well, what if it wasn't real? That's between her and God. We, we're hoping it is real. We trust it's real. We're, in faith, we're trusting God to have done his part because we shared his word with her. You, you do it in faith. You know, Tuesday night when I go to bed, I drive over here and I say, I sure hope Jeremy brought a list so we know where to go tonight. And uh, yes, Jeremy, we, we get in the car and we say, Lord, we don't know where we're going tonight, but you direct our path. And if the first two doors are closed, maybe you want us at the third door. And that's how we go every, we go every two, we just go in faith. We don't know where we're going to end up. We have an idea, we've prepared a little, we have a couple names, but it's surprising how many times the Lord will give you somebody that's perfectly planned and only the Lord could put it together. Like the night we were out visiting and we stopped at a trailer simply because it had sold and we were there to greet the new tenants and as soon as we walked in the door they thought we were undertakers and uh because their husband had just died within hours and i said well ma'am i said you're probably not interested in a church survey but i'm a pastor we'd be happy to pray for you that the funeral would be only the lord can do that and when you step on it you know if you want a lot of surprises a lot of wars are won by the element of surprise if you want a lot of surprises do more in faith and watch the lord surprise you <laughs> he will that's just his nature. And when we step out in faith, he makes things happen. Without faith, we can't please him. i got to get back to my text here, verse 22. Flee also youthful lusts, follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. That's praying hard. When we call unto the Lord out of a pure heart, hard praying. It needs to be humble, it needs to be affectionate, and it needs to be realistic. And finally, the letter D. What word would you pray? What word would you use to help you remember the letter hard? Humbly, affectionately, realistically? Well, let me give you a couple to pick from. Daily, that'd be good. Pray hard, so pray daily. That'd be a good word. Devotionally, dedicated would be a good word. Pray with a dedicated heart. Deceit, pray without deceit. Destroy in our enemies. Dwell, that'd be a good word. The word that I chose is delightful. Because I've, I've found in my own private prayer life, it's good to conclude your prayers on a joyful, positive note. So I believe it's important to include some delight as you wrap up your prayer time with the Lord in the closet. Because I think in the closet is where we can do this best. In our closets, with our own private time, we can pray in a real humble fashion because nobody's there to, nobody's there to snub us or watch us. We can really pray like we're supposed to pray. We can pray with affection, we can pray realistically and faithfully, and we can pray delightfully. Psalm 37.4 would be one reference. I hope you realize there's many, many more references. These are just two that I picked from my uh, collection of verses that I thought would be most helpful for tonight. You're still, a, still awake? Say amen. Okay, I have just a couple minutes before quitting time here. I'm going to get you out of here. What did I say? Psalm 37, verse 4. 
Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Well, you know, we pray for those desires. We have certain things we want and need, and so we pray for them. And if we would ask with some delight, he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. And so I think delight, praying delightfully is important. And then a, a last reference here that we have is 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. <coughs> verses 13, 13 to 15. 1 John 5 verses 13 to 15. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God. And if I were to say, who is that? You should all raise your hand because you all have put your faith and trust in Christ. That you may know that you have eternal life and then you may believe on the name of the Son of God. That's Jesus. Verse 14, and this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything, this is our prayer life, if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And that should bring some delight when we read verse 15. And we know. And if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. And so we can have confidence and we can have delight knowing that we've laid it at the foot of the cross, we've prayed about it, okay, Lord, boom, there it is. It's your problem. I've given it to you. I've taken my burden. I've given it to you. You handle it. I did that on a couple of occasions when I was down in Galveston. I said, Lord, we got a jam here, not a traffic jam. We have a conversation jam. you got to handle this. We've got 15 people here, and we all want to eat at different restaurants. This is important. We had to pray hard that the Lord would give us wisdom, and he does. He's very interested in things like that, and so we pray with with some delight. Lord, I'm hungry. Everybody else is hungry. Praise the Lord. We get to go eat. We settle on a restaurant. Or we settle on a pizza place. We settle on the, the right food. The Lord wants to help us when we pray with delight. Well, that's my acrostic for heart. Maybe it doesn't mean anything to you, but it's, it helps me in my private prayer life to pray with humility, pray with love and affection, pray realistically. You know, when I first got saved, I would pray that 5,000 people would get saved every Sunday. That's not realistic praying. Say, Lord, this Sunday, give us one. Start there. And if it happens a lot, then go to two. Pray realistic. Watch and see if he doesn't work. And then pray delightful. The joy of the Lord is our strength, and it should be our strength during our closing prayer moments. Conclusion, application. Here's some vital lessons for us today. Remember praying hard. Those are your lines, by the way, the last three. They all say praying hard. Praying hard is an individual choice that we make daily. We can decide to pray quickly, easily, flippantly, and with no seriousness. We can decide to pray that way if we want, but praying hard is an individual choice that we make every day. Secondly, remember that praying hard is a picture to others of your spirituality. It's very important that your kids and your relatives and your neighbors and your friends catch you praying. I told you, I think I told you this story. One day I lost my ax for splitting firewood. I wasn't a pre preacher back then. I'd only been saved a little while, but I was trying my best to teach our little kids to pray for everything. And when you can't find a toy, they, they, I would tell them, you got to pray for it. The Lord knows where that toy is at. So anyway, I lost my axe for splitting wood. And of course, what does a father do? He's got two little girls. You ball them out for, for hiding your axe. I say, girls, what'd you do? Why, are, were you playing with my axe? They're looking at me like, yeah, right. I'm only four years old. Why would I be praying with, why would I be playing with your axe? And my daughter says to me, she's dad, have you prayed about <laughs> Out of the mouths of babes. So I had to stop right there and take my work hat off. And look, oh, oh, okay, girls, we're going to pray about this. Lord, you know where that axe is. We don't. I don't think the girl hit it. I'd like to find it. Finished praying, turned around, it was right behind me. Right where I put it last. I just looked at everywhere except that spot. I think the Lord put it there. I really do. I think it was one of those, uh, just to humble me a little bit. But pray about everything and uh, pray hard. And when you pray hard, the Lord answers those kinds of prayers.
Okay? The world has yet to see what God will do with a man fully consecrated, somebody who prays hard to him. And I think uh, I want to learn that, and I hope you do it too as well. Did you get all the blanks? Did you miss anything? Okay? You got them all? Stand to your feet.